0: Hello and welcome back to the Masterclass, the Manchester United Tactical Podcast brought to you by Manscaped. I'm Hader Abani. I'm joined by my co-host as ever, Rob Blanchett. Rob, Manchester United are huffed and puffed and they've won. We're top of the league, but that was not necessarily the performance we wanted to see. I thought definitely at the end our game management was poor. We were hanging on. And... Although the victory is brilliant, we've got a lot to dissect today. So, Rob, welcome back. What did you make of tonight's performance?
1: Well, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, because one thing Manchester United were not today was good. So many things wrong in the performance from minute one, obviously conceding a really bad goal, which you could kind of look at three of the four back of the back four and put them all at blame for a little bit of it. And they're just looking at the whole energy of the team and the intensity and the glum faces at times and trying to stitch together uh, an eleven that just looked like strangers at times, but had enough quality on the day just to get over the line because that's all United did. Uh, I think there was a few things as well with the manager. I think he made his substitutions way too late. I think we could have made changes earlier. And even though we got to a point of totality, where Paul Pogba gets the ball on the edge of the box and just goes, I'm just having this. I'm going to just put my name all over it and I'm going to go and win the game. Without Pogba today, you do not win this football match. I think today we show, it showed really the, the fallacy in Manchester United still. That's still there. And we're going to break it all down for you today.
0: Absolutely, Rob. Before we talk about the lineup, there is a, a comment here from GFox saying, back to the summit, grinding out wins when we don't play well is something we've needed for years now. And I'm f- I'm glad we finally have that quality. That is a positive, isn't it, Rob? That of course. When yeah. you see United in the past, we lost that game. As soon as you got 1-0 down last season, season before, I would not have had confidence for us coming back. But there's a lot of grit in this team. There's a lot of, I would say... Um, there is there is heart there is a backbone in this side and that should be commended as well right you know it is a positive that united played this badly and still managed to secure a victory but then the flip side is that we cannot carry on playing like that and expect to win games so i mean what's your thoughts on that sort of comment that grinding out these sort of victories are what champions do you play ugly and win and actually that's something united haven't done for nearly seven years
1: absolutely there's the, the you know that's that's spot on and you need that grit and grind and you saw right at the end of the game there that kind of all came onto the pitch big smile on his face and he'd have felt justified that with the changes that he made and, and I think this, that's also part of the reason why the performance wasn't particularly good was that there was some real key positional changes with players coming in and, and obviously some sitting out um, yeah it's a positive but it's a big but if you want to win the title If you want to get in the top four even, you have got to be better than that at Fulham. Now, Fulham have been really good recently. I tweeted before that they kind of only had one defeat in seven. Uh, They're drawn with Liverpool. They're drawn with Spurs. And you can see why. You know, they've got some grit. They've got some, you know, they've got some defence going on there now. It seems to be a, a much more balanced unit. But Manchester United made them look good at times. And that is horrifying you know I don't like you know me I don't like to go over the top about stuff never get too high never get too low but I think on this one we're justifiably upset with some of the performances out there um but I think the man of the moment for me is Paul Pogba played in the double pivot kind of wasted in the double pivot I think today I think you know I'd have made that switch much earlier I'd have had Paul Pogba further up on the pitch on the left hand side for Anthony Martial who might as well have been on holiday today And I think when you have Pogba in that position on the edge of the box, he becomes a better player, a more creative player. He can play the pivot. He played it today. He did the job. He did what he had to do. But you can totally see why Fred's partner generally is Scott McTominay. Because you just need some energy in there in front of the defence just to give you a bit of an insurance policy against anyone, even if you're playing Fulham. And it was too easy. You know, the way they were kind of carving through us, the first goal was horrific back to front, through the middle, Maguire out position, by absolutely in wonderland again, not knowing what he was doing, looking like he was a year ago. And then obviously Aaron wan looking like he did a month ago where he's completely switched off. These things are not good and you can carry one or two players in a game. You can't carry six or seven And eventually you'll lose these games. It doesn't matter how resilient you are. Yes, it's great that we actually really ground out this win. And you need to do that. If you want to stay at the top, you've got to win games where you play badly and then put them to bed. My worry is that these these are kind of things that we have seen before from this United team in terms of worries or inconsistencies. And they kind of reared their head again today. where you just saw, lads, it is windy out there. It is rainy. It is a stormy day but you look like you're having a stroll through the
0: park, some of them, and that is not good enough for this shirt that they wear. You touched on Pogba there, Rob. Let's actually dive deeper into his performance today. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Kieran says here, Pogba and Cavani were brilliant. I think they were the two standout performers. Sorry, I thought Bruno had a good game as well. Bruno had a shocker, didn't he, against Liverpool and he stepped up today. But you look at Pogba, he scored a goal, the winning goal. What a fantastic goal. You know, shades of what he did at Juventus, 96 touches, 85% pass completion. Definitely up from what he was doing in the first half. It was in the 70s, so he definitely was a lot more, um, you know, clever with his passing. But the biggest thing for Manchester United is that they've got someone in midfield who is a game changer. Not just Bruno Fernandes, but someone else. And what I'm so impressed with is that he's now starting to affect games in terms of winning goals and assists. You know, he's affecting games in the way that fans like to see, but he is now putting himself on the score sheet. And that's something we haven't seen a lot from Pogba. But where do you think that United go with this double pivot? Because I want to see Fred and Pogba. We haven't seen them since the Sevilla game, but I don't think it works. I don't think there's enough protection. Fred's not a defensive midfielder. Fred's not someone who holds. I think he's better when you ask him to play next to someone that sits and then he goes and... Uh, pressurizes the opposition, but I think my biggest problem with Fred is that he lunges into tackles. And I think, considering Pogba was playing against someone who's not naturally a holding player, I thought Pogba did fantastically well. But we still saw some of the same stuff, Rob. We saw him give the ball away 16 times, which is bit, uh, which is a negative to his game. I would say, you know, when he's playing in that deeper role, he's got a hold of the ball better. But second half, we saw what he could really do. And uh, look, United are going to have a very difficult task replacing a player of that quality. In this market with the current finances?
1: It's a difficult one. And I think we've spoken about this before about the double pivot. We seem to kind of always come back to this with the Ole systems about what does the double pivot do? You can kind of look at it like this it's almost like a front four and a back six. And the double pivot is part of that back six in terms of shape. So, how do you transition from the pivot? into the attack. So that's why you have Pogba there, because he can give you that transition with one quick ball into the attacker. That's if the attackers are actually moving. yeah. So today, that was part of the problem. The two wide players, I think Mason, you know, Mason's coming back, so I'm not going to get on Mason. He's a kid and he needs match time and that's that. But my anti-martial today was horrific on the left. Absolutely horrific. But let's start with Paul Pogba, as you said. Paul Pogba... When he's in that role there with Fred, it's difficult to pair him up with someone. So you can pair him with Scotland. Tom and I, you can pair him with Matic. We obviously know that Matic statistically is the successful pairing in the pivot with Paul Pogba. And that's because Matic just sits. And Pogba then can go and play a little bit more. But in a game like this today, we might do have to do a bit of chasing. You do play someone like Fred. And I think Fred played really well today. He should have had a penalty early on. I think that was one of the most shocking VAR decisions I've seen in weeks. That is an
0: absolute stonewaller. Yeah, yeah.
1: He gets kicked in the back of the kicked in the back of the uh, uh in the, uh, the back of the leg, and I don't know what the referee obviously says to VAR and what VAR says to the referee, but it's clear and obvious, and therefore it needs to be reviewed. I and really what should, really what Kevin Friend should have been doing, and Kevin Friend was the VAR, and we had problems with Kevin Friend obviously in a match very recently. Is that he should have instructed the referee to go to the monitor, and I think if he goes to the monitor, we get the penalty, and that changes the game, doesn't it? Because it's one nil at that point already. But I think Fred did well in his role and his aspects today. But I think with Paul Pogba, you can play him that deep. I'm not worried about his ball retention in that area because he's playing five-yard passes generally. It's it's because he's trying to be progressive from that position that he's going to lose the ball. So he's going to give the ball away 16 times. He didn't get robbed 16 times, you know, like as he's kind of half asleep or something, as you might have seen in years gone by when people sort of say, why is Paul Pogba picking the ball up off the edge of the defence? But That's not the point. The point is is that he was still the guy pushing in that second half from the double pivot into the attacking areas, which is really not what you want the double pivot to do. The double pivot is about protecting and transition. So credit to Paul Pogba because he took it on his shoulders today to go and win that game because I think he looked around. You know when he scores the goal, he switches that ball normally. Right On the edge of the box, on his left foot, he doesn't shoot. He very rarely shoots in that position. He switches. He switches to the far left to Anthony Martial. And he thought, don't fancy that. Gonna you know, Just curl it in the bottom corner. Just going to do that instead. And that was the right decision. But this is part of the equilibrium issue that we're going to talk about today with Man United from back to front because Pogba was fantastic. Cavani absolutely you know, earned his stripes today. You know, He was man in a match, uh, obviously, for the TV crew. But overall, there were so many bits and pieces. It, you know, it's it was like a jigsaw puzzle with several pieces missing, and you could see the whole so clearly. And it came from the earliest moments, obviously, when we considered the goal, where the back four just looked like they're on holiday. Like I thought Luke Shaw played well again today. You know, he looked energetic. He was trying to get up the side, uh, get up the wing, but he couldn't gel with Martial because Martial just wasn't doing it. Martial just wasn't making the runs, wasn't coming, wasn't going through the channel, wasn't spreading the play with him, wasn't doing one-twos. And every time that Luke Shaw did do something, Marshall would be like, oh, I played the ball there for you, mate. Why are you not running on? And then Luke Shaw would do the same and he wouldn't run it. would be like... The chemistry is
0: off there. That left-hand side was not working. Rob, I'm going to read out a comment here from because He's saying, I'm absolutely delighted for Hayda. Biggest Pogba fan I know. Rob is as well. Suck up for Pogba time and time again. Happy we're eating the fruit. Not fans of any of them. Not fans of any of them. I'm fans of Manchester United. I'm a fan of Man United. I want them all to do well. I don't care
1: that it was Paul Pogba that scored today. I'd be happy if it was Fred. But the point is, it's, it's, it's the other bits, the moving pieces, I think we're going to talk about.
0: Yeah. I've got, there's a good question here from Barry. Guys, thank you. Keep on getting your comments in. We want to hear everything. If you're happy, if you're not happy, that's fine as well. Just let us know what you think. We want to hear everyone's opinion. Barry's saying here, why don't we seem to be good at controlling a game and seeing it out with insurance by managing just over the line? And I think that goes back, Rob, to the point you say about the missing pieces. Manchester United do not have a player in that midfield who can control the tempo of the game, who can take the thing out of it the way Carrick used to do, Skulls later on. They, I feel like, there's also a little bit of smartness and game management. The amount of times we went up and we weren't playing in the corner, we are putting crosses in. It just doesn't make sense. And it's these things like this. I don't know whether it's like lack of experience. We've got a young squad or maybe there's just not enough winners in there. But I think the main problem is we don't control the game. And as we said, you mentioned earlier, like the right-hand side is almost non-existent. Today, the left-hand side was very poor. So many areas of the team are disjointed. And that happens when you change key key positions but you can see why Ollie does go for McFred because it offers him that solidity. And when you're playing four, two, three, one, like you said, the four attackers, the two who are sitting have to sit essentially. And I think that maybe fans are expecting it to to just click. And I just don't think we have the personnel. And in key areas, we don't have those partnerships for us to be able to dominate game dominate games, which is a little bit of concern, I think maybe what two and a half years, three years down the line, but until better players come in in that midfielder, or I think United will still struggle to do that. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that premise in the sense that the only
1: way you get better is to bring in better players. That's the truth. So you have players that do stuff and whatever their ceiling is or whatever their limits are, you can push them to their limits. And sometimes you can get guys to overperform and do well for a long period of time. And that's a great thing because that's one of the manager's uh, true arts. If they can get poor players becoming good players, you know, you actually get them through the tactical know-how and now. But then when you look at Manchester United today, at the end of the game, you're totally right. Uh, Game management's poor. They've got to put the ball on the deck. They've got to keep it. And as I've said again, countless times, go and play boring football. It's 10 minutes to go. See the game out. Don't start, you know, going to the corners and start swinging the ball in and telling Cavani to make runs and stuff like that. It's stupid. It's stupid football. So it's naive. Marcus gets comes in, gets the ball. I'm thinking, go run in the corner flag, Marcus. And he's just kind of like, you know, as a go and swings it. You think... What what are you doing? You know that's just stupid. You're not you're trying to win a game when you don't need to win. You're two one up with minutes to go, so there is game management. But I think that there's still a lot of guys who are just very tactically naive. So you could look at it two ways: is that the coaching, or is that the player? So I'm going to highlight some players today, and we're going to do that from back to front because I think it's I think it's really important that we look at this and look at it in a more focused way because you have to almost look at it individually. So. Eric Bailly. So, Eric Bailly, everyone went crazy that he didn't play against Liverpool. And we said the reason why he didn't play against Liverpool is because you're playing a low block and you need someone just to put the foot on the ball sometimes and just to play simple stuff and to not feel committed into the space or leave too much room behind or maybe don't track correctly. Yeah, as a physical entity, Eric Bailly is great. If you want him going one-on-one with someone with a striker who's going to run in behind you... Jamie Vardy, like we said before, fantastic. Today, he got exposed. He got exposed and you could see why he didn't play against Liverpool. And that might be because he's played a big run of games now. Maybe he's feeling a bit tired, a bit jaded. Maybe the you know there are injuries still in there somewhere in the system for him that he's dealing with because he is that kind of player. But you saw today for the goal, and we'll break the goal down because it's really about three players today that, that I think had bad games by Maguire and Wamsaka all make the wrong decision at exactly the same time, but they're all three different decisions. So this is about tactical knowledge about what do you do in those circumstances? So Harry goes left because that's what he has been doing all season. He goes left into left back position. So he kind of just wanders there because that's what he does. And Luke Shaw hadn't pushed up completely because he's addressing uh, a player. And then there's this big gap between Eric Bailly and Maguire, and that's the gap that obviously Lookman runs through. And Bailly is so far dialed off that he can't even—he doesn't get anywhere near it. He doesn't even read it, he and that's what he's got. All, all he's got to do, to and you actually see in the close up beforehand when when the space is there, he's kind of he's he's either communicating with someone or he's—I don't know—he's calling Paul Pogba back in because Pogba was chasing Lookman, but it's rubbish. It's just dross. You know, it's not football. It's just letting go of your responsibilities at the wrong time. And at that moment, Aaron Wan-Bissaka should be thinking I need to hold the line. That's what he should be thinking. And what does he do? He just goes to sleep. And because all of that, those three players all make different mistakes, but exactly the same time, almost in perfect synergy together, that's why they scored. And that's why United chased the game for pretty much the whole match. Now, we did well to kind of get it back. You know, when we got the goal back, uh, you said there that you thought Bruno played well. I thought Bruno had good moments. I didn't think he played well again. I mean, he gave the ball away at bad times. Silly, sloppy mistakes in the middle of the park where it can hurt you. You know, he's operating in areas that you want him to do. And he had maybe five or ten minutes in that first half where he came alive and he was the danger man. But I think even in the second half, again, he just looked tired. Just, you know, they need to score at the back post there. It hits by his thigh. Why he's not marking it's actually um Bruno gets caught the wrong side of his marker and the ball headed down and it almost ends up at the back of the net that could be too all that's what we would be talking about now that moment but we're not because it wasn't so we're very very lucky but I think through the team you know we talk about Pogba but I think up front as I said I don't know I don't want to talk about Mason Greenwood because I think that he's a kid and he'll be back and he just needs minutes, and that's just the bottom dollar with him. But I do want to talk about Anthony Martial and obviously
0: the impact of Cavani. So, we, we, Rob, we, just, we, just we, a quick one on Greenwood, because I do want to talk about Greenwood. I think what we are seeing with him is that there are deficiencies in this game. He's still a young kid, so I understand that. But I think his build-up play is where he... He needs to learn. He needs to develop. I think you can see as every week passes, I know he played well last season at right wing, but as every game passes, I see him play. He is just, he's a number nine. There's just no way that instinctively you think about instinctively. He doesn't run the channels. He, uh, his first thought is to go to shoot. And I know you said many times that you want, as soon as he gets in the box, you want him to shoot because he's a great finisher, but there are times where, you know, he's got a good cross on him. You saw how many times he came back in on his left and floated the ball in. He doesn't do that enough. I just think that he, him playing on the right right now is is hindering us a little bit. I know he doesn't play much, and I, I would want I want to play him to play more centrally. That's where I want him to play. And I just think that those deficiencies in his game, he's comfortable scoring, you know, creating, you know, sort of in and around the box. But when so it's build you, up play, would you drop Cavani tonight to play him as number nine? No, no, no I'm not saying I drop Cavani, but I'm saying that if Oli's going to play Greenwood, I think he should be playing him at number nine and getting him to play there a little bit more. More than just sticking him out on the right because I don't I don't know about you but me myself personally I looked at him today and I I didn't blame him at all I just thought this is a kid who's obviously low on form and he's got to play his way into it but for me he's a number nine and you can see that from a mile away
1: yeah but I think you're, you're you're working on a preconceived idea yeah we all know that he's going to be a number nine he hasn't played number nine for about three years he hasn't so yeah it's great saying that yeah he's a great deadly finisher we know he is we know exactly what he can do. But if you need him to get minutes, you need to play him in a position that he's played for two years or pretty much the whole of last season. You know, again, I said in one of our other podcasts that the the pairing that's played the most in the last, say, 12 months has been on that right hand side has been wan who started every game, and Mason, who started every game last season on the right. So I don't look at that as the issue tonight. And I get what you're saying. Yeah, like we want to play him through the middle. But what are you going to do? Drop Cavani. You know, it, you can't. You're playing Cavani tonight. So that's the problem, uh, haydar's when, you know, I will say about binary choices and 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 fans maybe having those ideas about where they want players to play. I get it. We all want Mason to be a centre-forward one day. He's had problems this year. We know that. He's been through a hell of a lot this year. He's had a bad time. He's been given a game today because Marcus needed a rest. No doubt about it. Marcus has been poor. So you give the guy who's played there last year for the whole season, the minutes. So that's why I don't want to talk about him. So I, I get what you're saying, but I don't think that that improves this performance. I don't think this improves Mason. I don't think this makes Manchester United better, not today. And this is what these podcasts are about. It's a kind of daily grind of each game. And I think with Mason, you know, he, he came off, I, th- I would have taken him off earlier. You know, I'd have had, Mason, I'd have had Marcus on with 20 minutes to go. And, and we kind of got to the last 10 and I was a bit itchy and thinking we need to make these changes we're making mistakes we look tired we look all over the place
0: yeah at least made the, McComney or the or Matic and with you,
1: I, I'm with you I think Mason Greenwood is going to be a number nine Mason Greenwood is not a number nine today.
0: Mason Greenwood is
1: is in our squad on the right-hand side of the pitch. We know he's not a winger. We know he's not Jadon Sancho. You know, we know that Diallo's to come in. We know that Palestri's to come in. We know that Rashford's played on the right most of the time. There will be rotation there. So that's not, for me, why he played poorly today. He played poorly because he's not played football. So United need to get football into his legs. And I tell you what, it's not going to be as the number nine. He's not going to play number nine for the under twenty threes. He's not going to play number nine for the first team. So let's calm on that because it's like it's not worth it's not worth highlighting. But one guy I want to highlight is Anthony Martial. Let's talk about him, Rob. Right? Anthony go. Martial, right, is our primary number nine. He is the he is the striker at the football club. And I've said this before. And the idea this year is like, yeah, he's a number nine, but does he score that goal that Cavani scores today? Does he give you the physical outlet? That Cavani gave you today. The answer to those things are, is obviously no, but it's about form and function. So, as I tweeted, I think just after half time, I said, "I think we are at a place now where, where we actually say, if if Martial doesn't start as the number nine, and Martial doesn't start, and that's how it has to be. You have to be ruthless with this. Now, I can see today that out of that front line, as I say, we talked about the front four, that the guy who really needs to rest was was Marcus Rashford, and that's why he was pulled in the last match. And we've seen it, haven't we, for several games. He looks jaded, tired, whatever, running the country and all of this as prime minister. So you go and put him on the bench. But then if Martial plays on the left, he's got to play well. And he's also got to play with the kind of cohesion that you would expect a left-sided player to be. Unfortunately, you can tell he does not want to play on the left anymore. He is a striker. In his head, he thought, for a year, I've trained to be a striker. I've done everything they've told me. I've learned to hold the ball up. I push my man back. I get physical. I go across the front post. I get getting up for headers. He's doing all those things. But the issue is, is that when you just drop him back into the left, you can't do it. And that's normal. That's normal for players. But, but I, think, still, Rob- I still want to see more from him. You know, If he's there, give me a shift. And he didn't put in a shift today. You know, I think he was very lucky to get pulled as late as he did. I might have pulled him at half-time or even a little bit after. And I was more upset about him and his performance than Mason Greenwood. And that's not because of their ages, but that's because there's an expectation level, isn't there, depending on who it is every time. And if he's not playing through the middle, where I think he probably should play overall throughout the season, then I'm afraid he can't play now. That's the way I look at it. I think he can't – he's not an option on the left – he goes and stands on the touchline. He, he wants to do the same trick to come in on his right foot every time. He doesn't run the channel. He doesn't help Luke Shaw there. He comes back to the double pivot to pick the ball up sometimes, which I think is bizarre. You're the left-sided forward, and you're coming back level with Fred and McTominay to pick a ball up. It's like, this feels like Wayne Rooney, you know, 10 years ago where Wayne would do it. And even then I was shouting at him to go back into position. So there's so many things about Anthony Martial in this game. They almost lost it because, you know, they nearly equalised before he went off because he didn't press the ball on the left-hand side. They worked through him and I think it was uh, Loftus-Cheek who just burst through the middle and they, they got shot off. And I thought that all came from the left side of attack because we weren't defending and it was Anthony Martial.
0: Well, let's delve deeper into Martial and let's step away from the tactics, but let's talk about the mentality because I think that's important Rob so I'm not going to turn around and say he's got a bad attitude because when you've okay this is my personal opinion on this we saw when Sanchez came in and him and Rashford are competing and he, sh- he got shifted out of the team and his head dropped we saw when Zlatan came in took the shirt off him I know we've disagreed on this you think obviously young kids got the number nine getting your shirt taken off him for me I think that's it's it's not that important i didn't like the way he he'd reacted to that so two two instances where his head has dropped when competition has come in or when there's been when he's been shifted out now you're at manchester united football club even if we are in a bit of a difficult spot we're not the team that we were 7 years ago 10 years ago this is still manchester united football club there is going to be competition for your space if you're not going to fight for it and do and, and play in every single position that you're asked to play in to the best of your ability with the same amount of effort and desire, then you need to go, Rob. It's not good enough. Wayne Rooney played. I, I saw a fantastic statistic. I can't remember where I saw it, but Wayne Rooney, the amount of games he actually played out of position to firstly facilitate Ronaldo, And then again for Robin Van Persie in that final season or so, and Sir Alex, he paid for the team. I don't see that with Martial. There's no doubting Martial's a talented player. I don't think he's played as badly as his two goals is suggesting. I think he's been a little bit unlucky. But Rob, it's a bit of an indictment that if he's been shifted out to left so that Cavani can start, doesn't that show Oli's faith in Martial? Doesn't that show to you that actually maybe Marcel isn't the striker that Oli Gunnar Solskjaer wants? And then, if, he, like you said, if you're not going to play him at number nine, and I agree with you today, he was absolutely terrible. He wasn't running the channel, like you said. He wasn't tracking back. He looked disinterested. He looked unhappy. He had a bit of, uh, you know, it seemed like his his head wasn't in the game. Now, if you're not going to play him at number nine, sell him and go and get a number nine that Ollie actually wants.
1: <laughs> i'm only laughing because that is exactly what we said we weren't going to do on this show hey we always said we're not going to do stuff like that the, the thing is it's not about selling him it's about making him either a better player or finding the right pieces to do things now yes if you want to go and buy a player for that position or a striker for that position then go and buy one and add to it don't just say, oh, well, I don't want to sell him. You're not going to do it, sell him. Get out. Because you no, say no, it to he, everyone. So we could say that today to Wan-Bissaka. I could, to, I could say it to Bailly. I could say it to Maguire. I could say it to, like you were saying about Fred in the pivot, but I thought he played okay. You could say it about Martial. You could say it about Mason. But it's not an answer. None of them things are answers. They're just, they're just, they're just fan channel stuff. So, you know, it's not about selling him. I think he's played okay through the middle. Like As I said to you, I think that as a striker, that's where he wants to play. So you say to him, okay, you can play as a striker, but hey, you're not playing every week. I think that's normal. I think it's normal to play to most players, unless you're a world-class striker who's going to play every game, you're Lewandowski or someone like that, and no one else can play in your position, that's fine. We've all said, haven't we, that with Cavani, he's a bit older, We need to look after Cavani. We need him later in the season. So he's not going to start every game as the number nine, even though he does some lovely Cavani things. He chases, he harries, he makes that kind of run through the corridor. Lovely, great, fantastic. But he's an older player. He's been brought in to bolster the squad. I would be saying to Antti Martial, if you don't get your finger out, then you will go and sit on the bench. That's the way to manage this. But my, my I, point I, of, I, don't I don't want to make grand statements of let's let's get like like all right, let's go and buy Harland. Get rid of him by Harland. You know, oh we need someone on the right. Mason, get out of the team with we'll buy Sancho. It doesn't work like that. So it's not worth kind of addressing it in that way for me, you know, in terms of how we're looking at it. I get the frustrations, but I think the frustration should be directed at the performance as opposed to the future. Because the future is always the next game. If you play him as number nine, scores a hat trick, we're sat here on this show going. Oh, he's great as a nine, isn't he? Well, wow, what a great great game. You know, he's back where we want him to be. He looked off today. Is he carrying an injury? We know he was injured the other week. He played there against Liverpool on the left, and he played there well because he was really playing a defensive function against Liverpool, obviously shoring up that side. And today, really, it was, you know, go and let your hair down, Anthony. Go and play some football. And he just didn't. So we don't know why that is. We don't know. His body language looked awful. He looked miserable, like you said, looked disinterested at times. And that's why I think he got pulled. But I'm not going to make a grand statement about, well, let's just sell him. Because it doesn't work like that. We don't know why that is. It might be that he's got an injury. I just, what I'm saying is tactically, and I think that's kind of where we've got to stick with, tactically doesn't work for me as a left-sided forward. And I know that's where he's played before, but I think those days are gone. You know, I don't think he gives you balance on the left. I don't think he gives you um, the aggression that you need. He wants to come in on his right. He can't go on the outside, really. He does the same thing over and over and over again. It's really easy to defend against. Tete, who marked him today, so easy for him. Get close, put him off, and make Martial go back to the halfway line for the ball. And you kind of think, now, we, we, can, we can come up with a thousand reasons, Hader, why that is. But the reason we shouldn't really say, for me, is that just say, right, we'll get rid. Because I don't think it is that the answer, we are still top, we did win the game, but I would like these things to be solved. And I think for Ole, that's what he would be doing. He'd be going away from this, going, can I play Anthony left anymore? Is this a problem now? Because I can't play Cavani every week through the centre. So I think we'll still see Martial as your number nine. I still think so. He might not score the goals that Cavani does, but I still think that if he gets on a run or a roll, you might get, eight goals out of ten ten games for him and he starts scoring and we feel good about it again. So calm on him. But I was really disappointed in today. Well, I'll say that like a dad, as I would say to my kids. I I was disappointed in today. And if I was his manager, I would be coming saying, come over here, I need to have a word because that wasn't what I want to see from you. And if you do that again, you won't play. And you're just straight like that. And I think that's what Ole does do. So I kind of
0: have faith that that's how the system works at Manchester United. See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna dis- to disagree with you. But my point on Martial is not just selling if he doesn't want to play. But, Rob, you've got a 50, 60 million pound asset on your bench. And if you're, he's, look, he's he's still a, I'm not going to say he's a top, top player, but he is still a very, very good player, still a very good talent. He wants to play regularly at number nine. Now, if he's not, if he can't displace, I know he's going to play more regularly. Cavani cannot play week in, week out. But if he's not going to be able to displace someone like Cavani and he wants to go and play regularly. And Oli doesn't fancy him. I'm, I'm just sort of playing devil's advocate. But my point is not to sell him, oh, he's not good enough. And, oh, Wamsack is not good enough selling. You my just point say sell know, him. You no, did but hold just on, hold on, on. let me let me, clarify, <laughs> let me clarify my selling point. Is that okay. if he isn't happy, I'm saying, to, to, be, to be on the bench, and he's not happy that if he's asked to play on the left, and he's not doing what he's going to do, and that's how he's going to play more games, then you should be like, right, well, we've got an asset here who you can still sell for a decent amount of money. Go and get a player who's going to fit better that was my point not just oh you pay badly you sell him but if he's not gonna be happy he's not gonna he's not gonna perform he's not gonna be you know comfortable on the left and tries hard on the left so i don't think he tried as hard today i thought he looked disinterested then united have got a big decision to make and think right if he's not gonna do it then we need to get someone else in that will that was my point rather than because look well, Okay, okay so, a so, so, so Oli out, tomorrow. only comes out of the presser and says he's carrying an injury so what would you say to that it will, it will. obviously explain how he how he played. Today. Exactly.
1: So so that, that that's the problem. So that this is what that's exactly my point. Is that it would explain it. So there might be an explanation that we don't know about because we don't know everything. We tried to say that we do, but we don't. So we don't know why performances happen sometimes. All you can do is assess what's in front of you. So there's no no doubt he didn't play well enough on the left today. I'm with you 100. But I don't think the answer is just to say, right, well, let's sell and buy, because that's just football manager. And I always say, you know, it's like FIFA. I need someone to run a bit faster, so I'll sign someone who runs a bit faster. It doesn't really work that. It's not professional sport. So, Edson Marshall, I think when you've told him for a year, and I, this is I'm playing devil's advocate, I'm Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I've played you for a year through the middle, you are my striker, I'm bringing Cavani to the club to give you a bit of respite, to give you a bit of competition, someone who's a world-class kind of finisher, someone who does it, who's a you know, he's won everything in the game, What can we do with you two? We're going to rotate you. So there's going to be times when you play on the left. There's going to be times when he plays through the centre. That's the kind of bargaining chip. The bargaining chip is you need to play well enough on the left to stay in my team. Because if you don't, you go and sit on the bench. This is why the Cole Mason Greenwood thing as a number nine is pointless to talk about. Because he's not going to play as a number nine anytime soon. That's not the structure of the squad. It's not the structure of his, his kind of development plan. He'll be there one day but not today. So it's kind of like, it's all hypotheticals, isn't it? So we need to kind of stretch away from that. I think for Anthony Martial, he's played on the left more than enough times in his career. That's his original position to be able to do it. I do absolutely get with footballers when I get disgruntled in the sense that he wants to be the striker and that's where his brain lives. You know, footballers, they live in their own head sometimes. And they, you know, they think about making that run through, through that channel because they're the striker. And then suddenly they're asked to play out on the left again. he's thinking, what am I doing here? I don't, I don't, I don't quite get it. Same with Mason. Mason's played in the right for a whole year, he's done well, scored 20 goals from the right hand side of the pitch, and he looks lost because he's not played enough. So that's the problem is that when you rotate, you're always going to get that. It's just that there's levels, isn't there? So, like today, Eric Bae, everyone hot and by up to yesterday, is our best centre-back. is the quickest. is the best. We saw today why Eric Bay didn't play against Liverpool. We, we, we see why we've talked about Aaron wan a lot. And yet, right at the end, when he made that big tackle, right at the end, and he got loads of props from it, from the TV crew, from, I think from Jermaine Genius for making a great tackle. He was four yards out of position. That's why he had to make that tackle. It was trash defending, you know, for his position. He had to get back and recover. He did. It looked good but that's not good defending. So there's lots of these things that we can talk about week to week, and it's a kind of unfolding story. And what we need to see from Anthony Marshall now is that when he plays the number nine, start scoring some goals, boy. Yeah? Start yeah. showing that that is your role. For me, he's still the player in everyone's fit and everyone's healthy. He's the guy I pick as the number nine because we have told him for a year, that's your role, that's your job. Now go and prove it. Now, if he doesn't prove it as the nine and he's had a barren spell, we know this, then, of course... You're, you're at Privy, aren't you, to play other players there? And that's that's the, the law for all football. You know, if you're not doing it in your position, if someone else can do it, then you go and sit on the bench. That's my point. Go and sit him on the bench if that's the case. But Rashford wasn't probably ready today. But in the next game, you might find that the one who misses out it might be Martial. You know, it might well probably be Mason again. But those wide functions that you want those two guys to do in, the, in today's climate, it didn't work because there was no gel between him, Cavani, and yeah. uh, a, a, and uh, a Martial on the left-hand side, so from the left, right, and, and the centre. And you saw that even though Cavani was doing his kind of running around, doing his everything kind of role that he likes to do, that also hurt the the function of the attack, because you need players to play positionally. Uh, Great, you know, Cavani was man of the match probably for me, just about ahead of Pogba, maybe a little bit between them. I don't know who, you know, you could send it was an important goal, obviously, to get us back into the game. Uh, And no one would say Cavani had a bad game, but the the attack was lopsided and it's a sliding scale as to who was to
0: blame. Rob, asoko has got a comment here, which is exactly where I sit on Martial. Look, he needs to start scoring. He will start scoring. And when he does... He's a streaky player. When he does, we'll all forget about it and we'll say Martial's great. Like at the end of last season, his record's fantastic. I mean, he looked like an absolute well-beaten. Look, I do understand, Rob, that it's gonna take time. And he he's been suspended, he's been injured. You know, his season has been disrupted. But Soko hits the nail on the head for me, and it's exactly where I come from from this Martial point. I'm not, you know, forget about today. This has been Martial for the most part of the season. He's been below par. From what we expect from him, he's definitely not playing to the level that that we know he can play at. And I think that's one of my main frustrations, but G Fox has got a good uh, comment here and it sort of segues into Cavani. We can touch them quickly, um, but Rashford left wing, Martial striker Greenwood right wing. That's your favorite front three. If they're all playing to their abilities, I would agree. That would be my favorite front front three as well. We saw last season, they outscored Liverpool's front three that is bags of, quality talent pace it's got it all and it's still the best front three we've got yeah. i don't care if they play together, or, together or not
1: it's still our best front three
0: yeah and as g fox says here when we played that front three in those positions we've been the most dangerous absolutely and the last season's the best football we played yeah probably for seven eight years i yeah. would say yeah. but when did we last play them like that cavani forced Martial left and rashford right that's a good point but what I would also say, Rob, is they might be our best front three on paper, but you've got to play the players that are in form and you've got to play the players who are deserving. It should be a meritocracy, not this player is uh, obviously very talented, so he should start. And I think that's what a lot of fans were saying about Rashford in the last few weeks. But Cavani definitely, when he plays at number nine, in my opinion, he I feel like he's played it better than Martial this season. What I love from Cavani tonight, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. He got his goal, which is really important. Like we said, typical number nine goal. Constantly making those runs, he does. He does like to run around a bit too much. I do think Bruno is a little bit um, inhibited when he plays, purely because we've said many times in this podcast, Bruno has a false nine. I feel like that's actually probably his best position. He gets into box a lot more when Cavani's there. Rashford, you know, Martial, sorry, likes to drift down to, out to left. Cavani, um, Bruno comes centrally, but when Cavani's there, he holds his position a little bit more. But what I like from Cavani is pulling out to the channels, drop deep to link up, close down the opposition off the ball. He It was a full, complete performance today. You can't really drop him when he's playing like that and Martial's not on form. So right now, as it stands, if you're doing a meritocracy and you're picking players on form, I know Mar- Cavani has got an injury record as well, but he starts, for me, if you're picking the team tomorrow. But on form... If we could pick our front three, it would be Martial, Rashford and uh, Greenwood. I still think if you're picking your... If everyone's fit,
1: your best front three is Martial, Rashford and Mason. And that's just too bad of Cavani, just too bad on him. I get what you're saying, because I get this with people. They have this classical image of what a number nine is yeah, and what a number nine does. And it's great. His movement's fantastic. He runs, he runs, he runs, he runs, he doesn't stop. You see him running backwards, you know, coming back to try and help the defenders. And you think, wow, isn't that great? I don't want my centre forward to do that. I don't want them to do that. I want my front three to play as a front three. I don't want them to be individuals, Haydar. So it's great seeing an individual performance like that where it gets you hot. And you think, yeah, we won that. and We won that because of him. Great. But tell you what, over the course of a season, you'll lose more than you win because you're playing in a different mentality. We're better with a fluid front three that can attack together, that know each other, that have the chemistry. So when everyone is fit, for me, it's a, it's a no-brainer. It's, and this is how I think managers do think. It's Martial through the middle because for a year I've trained him to do that job. Rashford is better on the left. We know this. And at the moment, I haven't got a Jadon Sancho, so I'm absolutely playing Mason when he's up to speed. And he's not up to speed. So that means, it's not going to say it's a meritocracy or not, because that's a great way of putting it. But ultimately, when you're planning two, three, four, five games ahead in the future, it it doesn't work like that, because otherwise we'd have said Baye had to play every week. And we've now seen why he didn't play against Liverpool. Yeah. Is that is that fair? Because that, this is the problem with football. So it, it doesn't always work like that because we don't see the training as well, what maybe he sees in the reports, the fitness reports, et cetera. And we know that Martial did have an injury. So this is I kind of give him a, a small pass, but not a particularly big one. But for me, the front three is set in stone. That's how I would play it this season until you can improve that front three. Cavani's your extra guy, your energy guy from the bench, and he's going to get you a load of goals. Yes, when you need to rotate, that's fine. Bring him into the team like tonight. I've got no issues with that. But the issue is, is that it skews the attack. So the front three look crap today. Yeah, the balance there, is it? The balance wasn't there. So the balance is the responsibility of all three, yeah? So when we talk about the back four, we can sometimes highlight one player there or two players. But the truth is it's always all four. It's always about that. We talk about double pivot. We can talk about one player we don't like in it. But the truth is it's two. So you said about partnerships and stuff. That front three to me, when you're kind of looking at the four, two, three, one, we know Bruno's going to float. We know Bruno, that's his role. The other three have to give you something solid and concrete and consistent. When you change a team around, and you have to, you have to rotate every now and then, you still need consistency in those positions. We didn't get it today. And for me, that's when we look at our lowest in terms of our energy. Yeah, so when we rotate, 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 and three guys are doing different roles. And like even Paul Pogba, you know, he's he's been playing further forward. Today, he's in the pivot. Okay, I get why. You know, we bring in Mason. He needs minutes. That's another change. We have Martial on the left. He played against Liverpool, but we know he wants to be a striker. You're playing Cavani through the middle. It paid dividends. He scored the goal. But it's not working.
0: The team's not
1: working, and I'm more more of it about the team. Yeah, sorry. More than
0: three changes, then usually it could even just be two or three in key areas. And you see there is is a lot of disjointed performances. Look, I I, I think that actually... It's a difficult one, but the biggest positive for me, Rob, is that United's front three has hardly even got going yet and we're sitting top of the tree. So that's the biggest positive. So look, in the comments, you know, guys, some of you agree, some of you disagree. This is not to bash players. We're just trying to critique it because while the result was fantastic, United showed great, great resolve. And it showed great character, but the performance wasn't good. And you've got to break down why the performance wasn't good. Doesn't mean Martial's a bad player. Doesn't mean Cavani's now the best number, you know, best number nine since sliced bread. It's not like that. But what's important is that we do also, when we play poorly, we do assess that as well, Rob. Yeah, and that's it in a
1: nutshell, because when you have a bad team performance, I think today was a bad team performance, you can then break down the components and find out why that is. And sometimes, and this sounds really kind of backwards, you can have a player that's played really well in his role, but because he's played that that way in a certain fashion, a la Cavani today, that, that skews that part of the pitch. Yeah, And I used to say this about Wayne Rooney all the time. Right, And I'm going to bring him up because I think it is pertinent. It's great that Wayne would play out of position and do loads of different things. That's kind of what people remember him for. You know, this energy, this bundle of joy, kind of being everywhere, tackling, defending, you know, being the last man... You don't want that in your team all the time. You need balance. You need players playing the position, the role. You need them playing the opponent. And United didn't do a lot of that. today. he didn't really play the opponent and it didn't really play the positions together. So the front three looked disjointed. And as I said, it's a sliding scale. I think Cavani, there is some of it there. You know, how do you join the play-out with Cavani? Because I don't think Bruno joins the play-out well with Cavani either. There's something missing there. So that's another matter, though. That's kind of much further down the sliding scale. It's not the biggest problem. But for me, that front three, when United tick and they're the best version that they can be, and that's what we want to see from Man United every week, that best front three is obvious. It's Rashford. It's Martial through the middle. And at the moment, it's Mason Greenwood from the right. Yeah, he's going to be number nine in future, but it doesn't matter. It's about what's what it is today. Also, though, training, when you're rotating – that's why you've brought Cavani in, isn't it? That's why we've brought Cavani to give us some respite as the number nine. Because you would be playing Mason there today. Mason might have a bad game. And because he has a bad game as a number nine, you lose the match because you've rotated. So it's better to play him on the right. It gives you a bit more of a safety option. You want to give him just get minutes in his leg, get his engine going and all of that. There's other things people would have said today. You know, why did we not see Van der Beek? I think that was obvious. Why? Could you have played? Rob, that
0: play. We've got a question here from Maroon saying, what do you think of the Donny situation? I mean, look, he'll probably play on the weekend, won't he? I w- I'd be f- Look, if he doesn't play on the weekend, Rob, I think Ollie should rotate in the cup. If he doesn't play on the weekend, I think then possibly people can now start to question why. And there's loads of things going on uh, behind the, the scenes. I mean, I know you retweeted about it in Van der Sar's comments. Do you want to touch on that a little bit?
1: I can do. Um, there's nothing wrong with Donny van der Beek. He's a footballer at Manchester United. He's in the squad. He's got to force his way. in. if he doesn't force his way, in, he doesn't play. So no one comes to the football club and gets handed the golden key. You've got to go and get on with it. Donny van der Beek needed fitness work when he came to the club. Yeah, he's an Ajax guy. He can play football. He knows all the technical stuff. But we have said on this show plenty of times that he doesn't quite fit the way United are playing at the moment. I actually disagree with you. I don't think he'll play against Liverpool. And the reason why I don't think he will is because he made the changes today. He put Pogba in the pivot. He, put, he let Mason have a pretty much a full game, 80-odd you know, minutes, put Martial left and obviously played Cavani through the middle and kept the shape. But I think he'll want to win against Liverpool now. Like If he was going to rotate, I said in a, on a, another podcast, I said, you either play the opponent or you play the moment. And what I meant by that is you're playing the opponent today's Fulham and the opponent is obviously Liverpool next in the cup or when you play them in the cup. When you look at that balance, you have to say to yourself, do I actually go for the three points or am I that bothered about Liverpool and being in the cup still? Maybe I lose that game. I think Ole has shown tonight that he's leaning towards that Liverpool game. He wants to win the Liverpool game, so he's going to play his best team. His best team does not include Donny van der Beek at the moment. People need to chill, right? And this is what I said about uh, Edwin van der Sar. Said the other day, Edwin said that he speaks to people at Manchester United. There is no issue. Manchester United are a huge club, and you know you've got to fit in. It's got to, it takes time, and it can sometimes take a year at a club like United to show your worth. Fred Sorry, came to. Fred, Fred, came, Fred came for fifty-two million. Yeah, people forget this. 52 million. He did hardly kicked a ball for a year. So it does happen. And the idea is that you challenge players. You say, look, we do rate you. We do like you. We That's why we bought you. But you've got to prove it. You've got to push your way in training and show me that there's no way that I can not play you this week. That's not happening. Ole's not an idiot. If he was going to get production out of Van der Beek tonight, guess who starts? So none of these things, they're not conspiracies, and they're also not kind of... Pfft, They're not kind of like wild storytelling in football that we do see sometimes. It's just a case that the boy needs some time and he doesn't want to sit on the bench. So when he gets his chance, he better take it. And the whole thing is, is that you just don't know when Bruno might break down. Say Bruno gets injured and breaks his ankle and he's out for the rest of the season. Guess who starts as the number 10 forever? It's Donny van Der Beek he'll be the guy playing there, him or Paul Pogba. So it will probably be van der Beek in that role because it suits him more long-term. So I've got no worries about Donnie. And again, I think it's one of those things that United fans, when they're looking for stories about the football club, it's just a nice narrative, isn't it, about a guy that they want to see playing. So let's have a little bit of a moan about that. He's not playing this week. Yeah, I thought he might have played today but I wouldn't have wanted to see him play in the pivot. I think he'd have got killed today. In the double pivot today, it, him and Fred would have got absolutely mauled by Lookman running through the middle and with, those, and with Maguire and by out of position a few times. That would have been a horrible thing to see. I think we might have lost the match because of it. So you could say that Ole got that right, and that was one of the reasons why he won the game.
0: Also, another thing on Van de Beek, Rob, is fans, a lot of the fans who want Van de Beek to play don't like Paul Pogba. So because they don't like Paul Pogba when they're asking, why is he playing over someone that wants, sorry, why is he playing he wants to leave over someone that wants to play, obviously, or wants to be at the club? I think that's a very sort of narrow-minded view of looking at it. we said many times on this podcast, oligon Solskjaer isn't a soft touch. We've seen what happened with Lukaku with Sanchez, with other players. He's, he's completely cut them out if he doesn't think that they are committed to the project. Obviously, Paul Pogba wants to leave, but he's committed. And you're seeing his performances. I mean, this is, for me, actually the best I've seen Pogba play since he's joined. He played fantastic when Oli first came in, but I think he really looks like the player that we want to see. And at this current stage, there's no way Van der gets in ahead of him. No way he gets in. So the Bruno doesn't get in ahead of Fred and McTominay. I know people are going to think I'm crazy, but Yes, Donny's a more talented player on the ball than those two. But at the end of the day, they've got roles in the team to play in that double pivot, and Donny does not fulfil those roles defensively, so he doesn't play in the double pivot. And that is simply the story, isn't it, Rob? There's no more to it. There's not that Ollie doesn't like him. Correct. It's frustrating, but he will get some game time. And at the end, they were top of the table. And I can guarantee you, you know, sort of March, April, if we're still in it, Donny van Der Beek is going to have a really big role to play. Yeah. We, did, you know, last season we didn't have that quality to come off the bench. And ultimately, Rob, we didn't win the Europa League because of the fact we had a very poor bench. Yeah, totally. And, and I also think that, you know, fans don't
1: need to worry about Donny van der Pek. They just don't need to worry about any footballer. They need to worry about the team. Yeah, it's the team that wins you matches, the team that wins you trophies and titles. The team, this team is top of the league at the moment somehow. We know there's still deficiencies. We saw tonight that there are deficiencies, and that's why we do this podcast to kind of discuss those things. Fans do not need to worry about things they can't control. You can't control what's going on with Donny van Der Beek, and I'm telling you what, the minute he shows it in training, the minute that Ole feels that that's that's the time to pull the trigger, bring him in and give him a run, he'll do that. It's interesting that tonight the guy who was told to come back into the team was Mason Greenwood. Why is that? Because Mason Greenwood's still on that side of the pitch. If he comes on his left, he's still probably the best player we've got with that left foot to put the ball in the bottom corner. Now, funnily enough, today, where Paul Pogba struck that ball from, I'd have been more than happy for Mason to take that shot. Would I have been happy for Donny van de Beek? Not really. Fred? Absolutely not. Other midfielders? Scotty? Matic, No but I would have been all right with Mason. And that's why I think Mason's being brought back in now steadily. And you'll see him play more minutes because he's still the threat. He's one of the guys who could go and get you 10 goals in 10 games. Donny van der Beek won't do that. That's not his function, but it's also about Donny just taking chances. We will get injuries as well. We're in a good moment at the moment. We haven't got injuries. It feels weird because we've had seven years of injuries, almost every year an injury crisis. Touch words, bro, touch uh, it's a touch word there at the desk. And I, and I agree with that sentiment. But you've just got to take your time and not worry about things that are out of your control. They're not in our control of footballers who are not being picked. There's no one I would say in our squad that I would say – it's really weird, they're not playing. I think the players that play, play because they prove it, generally. And I think Ole has his systems, and I think Ole has worked out over two years what works best for him and what doesn't. That's why he plays four-two-three-one as opposed to playing 4-3-3, three, three, which would be the kind of progressive utopia of what we'd love to see. I don't think we can play that at the moment. But I think when you look at the whole squad, there now might be someone like Diallo to come in on the right. That might be a thing. You know. might look at that and say, right, let's give him 10-minute cameos like Ronaldo wanted. uh, It's not surprising. I I think from what they've said about him in training is that he's enjoyed training, that he's made a difference, which was a key thing to say for Ole, to say that Diallo's come in and already made a difference, quote-unquote, in the training, because it means that he's showing something and it means that he'll get minutes. So I think that's kind of where we're going with this team. And we've somehow just got to keep... Rashford and Bruno fresh, because ultimately they're the two players that are going to take us somewhere this year. And if they're not fresh and firing, Bruno had moments today. He was good. I still think overall he wasn't, you know, not going to sing about his praises today. I think he, you know, he, he had one or two shots where you were like, wow, that's the old Bruno. But he still looks tired to me. He still kind of is a bit like you can see it in his face. Ten minutes ago, he's like, I'll run myself in the ground for the umpteenth time. we got to keep those two players fit. That's really, really important
0: absolutely rob you look at both rashford and bruno between them it's about 18 goals this season out of united's uh 36 i believe which is which is crazy and it's half of their goals and the assists as well it's uh, nearly half as well so they're absolute key and united do need to find a way but other players are stepping up paul pogba is setting up cavani is stepping up yeah it's only a matter of time before martial and Greenwood do as well let's talk about the final word rob and look for me positive that we won United in years gone by with the loss this game. As soon as you go 1-0 down, and right when it matters when you've got to win these sort of games to go back top of the table. How many times last season did we have a chance to go in the top four when Chelsea fluffed it and we fluffed it as well? Massive positive. And return to winning ways after Anfield. It builds the confidence slowly. Look, we're top of the table. Manchester City looking ominous. I'm not going to lie to you. They look like, as you said a couple of weeks ago, even last week, that they looked to be favourites. But Manchester United are there at the top. Each game, take each game as it comes, and you never know what's going to happen
1: this season. City are going to win the title. I've said it since day one. I'm sticking with it because they, they've got the best team. You know they've got the best everything in terms of their cohesion. Even their defense is good now, and they didn't have a good te- defense last year overall, but they've got it now. I think we look at Manchester United, enjoy the moment. I agree with that. You know we're top of the table, and it's really good. As I said sometimes it's better to be lucky than 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 good on a football pitch. I think United rode their luck today, even though Fulham weren't particularly you know, electric in attack, but we we still gave them way too much. So it's a good moment for the football club. Keep people fit, don't have injuries, keep winning matches. Uh, As I always say, bottom 10 teams, go and beat them all. Fulham are one of those teams. You need to beat them home and away. If you want to do anything in this league, you've got to beat them home and away and find a way. And I think Ole, as I said, he looked very smiley and happy at the end of the game because it was a tough match. It was a test, but it certainly didn't work. And that's why I feel a little bit more down on it today because I look at that and I think, you know, it should work, but it didn't, but you got the result and it is always the result that matters. The performance, bad performances happen. They come and go and you can put them away as long as you win. So it's not a problem to have Anthony Marchand on the left, like we were talking about there, if you win and he plays badly. It doesn't matter if you give Mason minutes and he doesn't work and – you don't play Donny van der Beek and any of this stuff if you win. Manchester United have found a way to win at the moment. That's a really positive thing. We can kind of hopefully stick with that now over the next month. I kind of feel we might have a dip soon. It just, just the smell test. It feels like just, it, doesn't it just kind of feels that players are kind of running out of form a little bit. And, you know, you look at kind of the trajectory of each player in that back four today. I thought Luke Shaw played well. He made one really good clearance. I don't remember he came across to cover Maguire, and he flicked it with the back of his heel away, and it looks looks really easy, but it's not. You know, you have to be really precise to get that ball away, because otherwise it goes across the box. And um, But you look at other positions. I'm not massively happy if I'm on the Solskjaer. I'm happy that I got the win, but I'm taking them back to Carr- Carrington, and I'm probably being in several ears saying right we need to reset here we need to be a little bit better we need a little bit more quality and we need to find a way to win these games easy you need to win these games in the first 20 minutes Hadar you don't win it in minute 80 or minute 75 you need to win them early put these people away early and then bring your subs on and run the match and United are still still a bit too naive to do that whether that be the manager being naive or the players but just that lack of quality of a ball player who maybe can just put it on the deck and just play around with it for fun. Pogba tried it at the end of think You saw he was getting it and he was going back to De Gea and he was saying, give it back to me. And he was playing it inside and getting it again and holding it for five seconds. That's real football. That's actual elite level football. You keep the ball. And Manchester United, unfortunately still are not very good at doing that. Yeah.
0: And that's the next level, Rob. That is the next level of progression. That's what United should be looking to address in the summer, guys, thank you so much for all your fantastic comments. It's been brilliant. Myself and Rob are very grateful for all the support and you know all the lovely words you guys tell us during the week. We couldn't do the show without you. That's what makes it so great. The engagement is fantastic. Manchester United the top of the table, and we have got some very big games coming up. This is a masterclass of Manchester United Tactical Podcast, and we will see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: plus.